Next on BYU Sports Nation, game on between Missouri and BYU. How do the Cougars seize the moment? Blaine Fowler in studio on the matchups that matter between BYU and Mizzou, plus an injury update from practice. And soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood in studio on the Cougars' draw in the NCAA tournament. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is good? It is Tuesday, November 10th. BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan alongside a man who drinks more water than anyone else I know, Jason Shepard. You want me to, you want me to show yes, that? Yes, let's see it. Yeah, it's okay. my. It's my. I don't how, know if we can. How, how no product placement here. It's three liters. It's a three liter. Three water. liters. I drink one of these a day. You've consumed uh, half of this. Forty percent of that. Yeah, uh, during the the pre show meeting. So I'm so I'm last... on track to have this thing gone by about one o'clock. That's pretty good. Yeah. Is it too much? No. Instapol. No. It's is Jason Shepard drinking too much water? Well, heck no. Larry K- Chris Koviak does not think so. <laughs> That's uh, that's it. There are two new additions to the set, by the way. We want we want to point these out and describe these for the radio audience as well. The mustard-colored old uh, Marriott Center chairs are to my right. Over here, we have seat one and seat two. Now, th- those are like forty-five years old, right? You know what we should so have done now, with those? Uh, yeah, what we should have propped those up and made those the seats that that we sit in up here. Heck no, dude. I like being comfortable for an hour. Those are so <laughs> we can uncomfortable. Pad, we can How pad do those them? last for so long? We can pad those. How, that's true. How are those tolerated? We can get a, a, a child seat for Brian Logan. We can figure that out. <laughs> the, uh, the, the other thing that we have here is uh, Tim Lacombe game-worn uh, shirt from Hawaii. Last week he came on the show, handed three shirts over, and one of these is for the set. So the blue, bluish uh, shirt from Hawaii last year that Tim Lacombe wore at the Maui Invitational is on the set. Very cool. Very cool. And speaking of shirts, I'm glad you got the uh, green shirt memo today. Yeah, today's a great. This is this is my uh, this is my Oregon duck shirt. I Are guess. you supporting UVU? Is that Timbers? what's going on here? Uh, no, I do not support Utah Valley at all. Of course, you, I'm wearing green you, too. You so green I, was well. <laughs> I do want to point out that we have a new you know flag in the back that's a week old, and the Tyler Haas shoes when he passed Jimmer. We have donated those to the lobby. There are uh, cases displaying some of the show's relics. So we have donated that to that. The Miami Beach Bowl helmet as well is out there. I feel like I'm walking in like a, the Smithsonian when I come to work here. Like there's Except just, there's... we're open after 4. <laughs> that was the most disappointing thing about Wait, the Smithsonian Mon- closes at 4? Almost all of them close by 4. Is it, it, is, Weird, right? Is it just uh, run by a bunch of old people that need to get to dinner? Uh, politicians, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, night of the museum, you know, like 4 o'clock, they close that thing up, animals come to life. All those, so, so next yeah. time I go, I've got to make sure I get there before 4 o'clock then. Yes. Well, I, I did know. not know that. I assumed it was like a 5 or 6 o'clock deal. On a business trip a couple years ago, I was very excited to see all these sites, blah, blah, blah. We get done with stuff at 5, everything's closed. But like That's one a shame. Smithsonian. That is a shame. Yeah, that was annoying. You know what else is annoying? Injuries. Let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Updated injury info from, from BYU. Offensive lineman Tijon Chrome and Riker Matthews will play this Saturday against Missouri, but Kyle Johnson and Ului Lapuahu are questionable. They did not play against San Jose State. Taron Houck suffered a concussion against the Spartans. 
he has to pass protocol this week. So BYU still banged up on that offensive line. Yeah, healthy offensive line is going to be key for for B- it's it's always a key. And we saw you know struggle a bit yep. against uh, San Jose State last week. It will be nice, hopefully, if these if all of these guys can get back. But for sure, having a guy like Tijon Caroma back at, at center is going to be gigantic. Uh, the women's soccer team is in the NCAA tournament. They yeah. host Utah Valley Saturday at three Eastern time. Broadcast details are still to be determined. Missouri has resumed team activities uh, after everything that happened yesterday. We'll break that down here in a second. But they didn't practice Sunday. They have Mondays off, so they didn't practice yesterday. They will practice today. BYU and Missouri play Saturday in uh, Kansas City on the SEC Network with Brent Musburger and Jesse Palmer on the call. So we thought that might happen last week. That is the case. Brent Musburger, the legend, and Jesse Palmer, who's been on this show, uh, are on the call on SEC Network. How many more... Just like voices of college football are there other than Brent Musburger. They're I mean, there's a they're literally dying, right? They're literally, Keith Jackson, Brent Musburger, the Vince Scullys of the world. Yeah, it's it's awesome that Brent Musburger is going to call BYU. Game. May, who who knows? Uh, hopefully, he calls more, but maybe the last BYU game ever by Brent Musburger. Who knows? Uh, women's volleyball, American Alexa Gray is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Congratulations, Alexa! Cougars uh, head to the Great Northwest this weekend. They've got two matches on the road. We should mention uh, Maddie Lyons was Player of the Week as well in women's soccer. So, congrats to Gray and Lyons. With that in mind, rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Carpe dat diem. And to play an SEC opponent on the SEC network in Arrowhead Stadium um, with a coach and program as Missouri, that's a, that's a great thing for our program. Of course it is. It is great for BYU to play an SEC team in November. So after all the activity yesterday in Columbia, including a student protest, a boycott of football activities, the resignation of President Tim Wolf, the end-of-year resignation announcement of Chancellor R. Bowen Lofton. Missouri resumed football activities yesterday. Essentially, they're going to practice and get ready for the game. So game on. It was never off. So game continues to be on. BYU and Missouri at Arrowhead Stadium, home of the Kansas City Chiefs, on Saturday, 7.30 Eastern time on the SEC Network. Jason, with the game not in question and activities resumed, it's a chance for BYU to seize the day, carpe diem. Or as we've called it on this program, Nostris Nocturnus owned the night. Which brings us to today's Twitter question. Today's Twitter question. What does BYU need to do to seize the moment versus Mizzou? First tweet coming in. This one in from uh, R. Green Ha says, uh, play sound football. Uh, do not get caught up in what happened, but get fired up because it's an SEC team. Offense will be the key. Won't the offense be the key? Missouri has a fantastic defense. More on that in a moment. But what does BYU need to do to, use, to seize the moment versus Missouri? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Jason Shepard, what does BYU need to do? Okay, this is how I look at this. We know how bad Missouri's offense is. Can we talk about this for a second? Yeah, let's, 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 let's get into this because they, I mean, they are one of the, not good. They're one of the ten worst offenses in in America, they've scored in single digits several times. What is it? In the, in the one points the last three weeks. In the last four, during this current four-game losing streak, their point totals have been three, six, three, and thirteen. That's not good. That's not good Hashtag at all. Analysis. They're really bad on offense. Two hundred and eighty-two yards of total offense per game. That's one hundred and sixty-nine through the air, one thirteen on the ground. Yikes! This is not a good offense. So for me. In order to seize the moment this weekend at Arrowhead Stadium, the BYU defense 
has to keep this offense down. This cannot be the game that Missouri finds its you know, offensive mojo and gets things going. BYU's defense has to be stingy, and that starts with putting pressure on the quarterback, not allowing the quarterback to get, uh, you know, get set and survey the field. It, it just can't happen. And it's a freshman quarterback it is a freshman. on the other side as well. Yeah, so you're, you've got to think if BYU's you know, defensive front can get pressure, which is the case with BYU in every game. When, when the defense gets pressure, it's amazing just how different the entire defense plays. Oh, it's the, night the and Cincinnati day. The Cincinnati game was wild, right? Yeah, it's Eight night sacks. and day. So in my opinion, this cannot be the game where Missouri figures it out offensively. BYU defense has to stay strong. Drew Locke is the name of the quarterback for Missouri, a freshman as well. For me, BYU's offense has to get into the 20s. Okay, I think if BYU gets into the 20s, they will win the game because of how bad Missouri's offense is. Now, Missouri's defense is really good. In fact, they, they might be better than Michigan's defense uh, when all is said and done, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Missouri's defense is fourth in the nation, allowing 14.6 per game. 14.6, okay? Some context to that. That's ahead of Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, and Iowa. Okay, some of the best that teams. Puts it into Missouri's defense is really, really good. So if the BYU offense can figure something out, and the O line is banged up, and that concerns me, this is a red flag for me going into this game that BYU has Ului Lapuahu and Kyle Johnson questionable, not good. Rare is the player that is questionable going into the week that plays the game. Taron Houck against what East Carolina, I think, is the rare exception to that, where he was questionable and he played. That's a concern because the BYU O-line was banged up against San Jose State. Uh, that's the reason I think BYU played poorly. They've got to get into the 20s. If they don't, I, don't, I think it's going to be trouble because this Missouri defense is really good. And you're right. If the BYU defense can rise up, they've got a shot. And you look at the injuries for this. Uh, just a reminder, on the, on the offensive line especially, Tijon Croman and Riker Matthews will play. That's great news. That's huge news. Johnson and Lapuahu, questionable. Wilcox, the other guy, he, he will start. So you have at least three of the five. Missouri has prided itself on great defense and then hoping to get enough offense. They beat Connecticut 9-6. to six. Now, that gives you hope as a BYU fan, right? But they had similar games against Georgia and Vanderbilt and Kentucky. and with, I mean, Georgia, to me, is still a, a good team. BYU's got to seize the moment in other ways, too, Jason. If BYU wins, they're going to be ranked. And there's a lot, of, there's a lot more going on with this game. Than, than normal, right? I, I dare say in BYU history, this is one of the most unique games BYU will have played because you're going to have news stations paying attention to this game. BYU's highlights are going to be on SportsCenter because of Missouri. Yeah, there's so much, there's, there's an added level of interest to this game because of what's taken place over the last couple of days. Everybody's going to be tuning in, whether they're tuning in for the football game or for other reasons. This is a game people are going to be paying attention to. And so BYU has got to make sure, for me, you know, we always hear Bronco talk about, you know, we have to focus on us. We, we can't worry about, I think that that is, and I know sometimes that, that drives fans nuts, but for this week and this, the circumstances surrounding this, I think that's absolutely how you have to handle it. BYU has to be 100% about them and football because there's going to be a lot of other things, people asking questions about other things that BYU has no control over, nor we're not part of. BYU can't worry about that. They have to focus on football. Let other people worry about other things. SEC game in November. Chance to get 8-2. and two. 
chance to be relevant, chance to make a splash. This is the big game for BYU. I, I dare say the biggest game left on the schedule. I don't see how the bowl game or even Utah State is bigger than this one. So BYU really needs to seize the moment. And that's our Twitter question today. What does BYU need to do to seize the moment versus Missouri? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Mama MJG, defense is really going to have to help out the O. Pick six would be great, but at least get them good field position. That's a great point. That'll be a huge thing in the game. Can BYU turn the ball over? Can BYU have good field position? That's how you can offset a good defense is get yourself uh, some nice. I, I don't know if, if BYU could have something out of the special teams. That'd be a bonus. That'd be good. At Laser Sheet, play the first quarter like it's I like the fourth this. quarter. I like this. Early lead in SEC country is a need. Tough to win down there. I think BYU's got to start strong. Yeah, you, you can't get yourself behind, and, and you can't give Missouri, an average team, any hope. You've got to be able to come out right out of the gate hot. They're four and five on a four-game losing streak. I mean, things are things are weird uh, on the field for Missouri right now. Coming up, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler on how the Cougars match up with this Missouri Tiger team. A preview of After Further View tonight coming up with Blaine Fowler. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The show is simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation continues on Twitter right now. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. And it's Super Tuesday tonight on BYU TV. It all gets started at 6 p.m. Eastern with the rebroadcast of this very show, BYU Sports Nation. Then at 7 Eastern, you can check out last week's episode of Inside BYU Football, followed by a brand spanking new episode at 7.30 Eastern. Then it's after further review, or as the kids like to call it, AFR, at 8 Eastern time tonight. They're always calling it then. Our Twitter question is, what does BYU need to do to seize the moment versus Mizzou at GK Thurston? Score a lot! There will be extra eyes on the game. We need to remind the AP voters we're still here. And more importantly, the college football playoff uh, ranking voters. I think if BYU wins, they're in. With that, we bring in Blaine Fowler, a regular Tuesday segment with Blaine as we uh, look ahead to the matchup and talk about what it will be on after further review tonight. But what's up, Blaine? How's it going? It's all, it's all good, guys, except for it's like snowy and rainy and yucky out it there. Is outside. I'm not ready for that. Yeah. I wasn't ready for that. Luckily, it's not going to be that for Saturday. It's supposed 60, to be really nice. 60s when, and sunny. Yeah, when I saw this game on the schedule, I thought, oh, Casey in November in Arrowhead. I've seen some miserable games played in that stadium and this time of year. And so when we see the advanced forecasts uh, that it's going to be nice, that's advantage BYU because BYU wants to throw the football. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. Obviously, a lot going on uh, with this matchup outside of football. So let me ask you this. How does, this, how does everything that's happened in this week and, and all the news that go into it, how does that affect BYU going into this game, if at all? I don't think that it has much impact on, on BYU other than they recognize that this game is going to be a game that's watched by a lot of people just out of sheer curiosity to see how Missouri comes out of this and how they play after what they've been through this last week. So outside of that, in terms of BYU's preparation, it's not any different for them at all. They've been full speed ahead, watching film, breaking down the same things, preparing the same way that they always do. So, so I think from BYU's perspective, it's not a different thing. When you look at the other side of it, I guess the question would be, what type of effect do the, does the last couple of days have on Missouri? Because, you know, one of two things can happen. One is the, the events of the last couple of days can be a problem and Missouri just can't seem to find their footing. 
or it can be something that unites the team and they play better than they have. So what kind of an effect do you think we'll see out of Missouri on Saturday? It's really hard. It's hard to say because they missed the whole day of preparation. We know that. So, so they missed a day of getting ready. Um, this late in the season, does that have a big impact? I, I think it can, especially because BYU is a little different than some of the other teams they've played this year. Um, but when I watch this team on film, I see a defense that's really good and looks like they're playing together. And I see an offense that from series to series, I, it looks like they're trying to figure out what they're doing. It's like they don't have a clue out there what they're doing. Wow. It's miserable offensively for them. They're 127th in the nation in scoring offense. There's only 127 teams, guys. So, <laughs> so it's a, when I say they're bad, they're the worst. They're the worst and, offense. And, and their production, is, it just hasn't been there, and it looks disjointed when I watch it. Here's what happens to teams like that. When you get this far into a season and one side of the ball is lights out, 11th in the country in total defense, they're really, really good. They're fourth in scoring. Right. They're really good defensively. And when you watch them individually, they're really good on defense too. And then the offense isn't holding up their part of the bargain and you're not winning games. Now teams get divided. Now the offense, you know, is the goat, and the defense—they're talking amongst themselves and they're saying, oh, "You know, if the offense could do anything, maybe we could win a game." You start to get division. So when you have something that's bigger than football uh, that you've got to deal with as a, as a team, and you come together, there's a chance that that could help in in a way where they stop pointing fingers at each other. They recognize that that they've got to support one another, and they play better because of it. So there absolutely could be that impact on this team because I promise you, when an offense is that bad and a defense is that good, there's, there's some backbiting that has been going on on that team. You cannot avoid it. There's no way. And maybe this ends that, and maybe they play a little looser on offense because they don't feel that pressure and they perform a little bit better. I don't know. That's a possibility of what could happen. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. I feel, this, I feel that they'll rally. Uh, I really do, and that you're right. I, th- I think BYU needs to be careful because there's a chance uh, that Missouri has they're, they're playing for something bigger. Our Twitter question today: What does BYU need to do to seize the moment versus Missouri? What do you think, Blaine? I think that this defense for Missouri is respected, and so if BYU can go out and score, hey, if they can even score 17 on this defense, so if they go 17, I said in the 20s. Tw- if yeah. they go into the 20s, then I think people are going to sit up and go. Wow, you know, with this freshman quarterback, this is a legit offense because they're playing against a legitimate defense. And so I think this is an opportunity for the offense to make a statement. Um, defensively, I don't know that you you have to hold them down or then people are going to question you because they have been you know, in such a struggle to score points this year that if you don't hold them down, then people are going to question that. Um, so in, in a way, there's a lot of pressure on BYU. Um, to step up and show that the offense is as good as they are and, and for this defense to shut this offense down for them to perform. But I think it would, if they can win, even though it's not a true road game, out in – Not Kansas, so neutral. Right, right. out in KC, <laughs> I, I think that they can get, garner a lot of respect. And, and BYU is somehow the favorite in this. I get that BYU is 7-2, but the travel, the neutral, the four-and-a-half point favorite right now. Yeah, and that seems, that seems to right to me. And people, people have come up to me and they say, well, if Matty Mock was not suspended, I'm going, Mock did you terrible. watch games when he was playing? He was not playing well. So it didn't have anything to do with that. And I don't know about the chemistry in that offense or what it is, but it's just struggled. Um, and, and that's a problem for this, for this Missouri team. And, and it creates problems. And so for BYU, this is an interesting challenge, too, because this defense from a 
uh, uh, an ability perspective is very similar to Michigan, but different. So Michigan in the front seven is really big, and they maul you, and they beat you up, and you really can't run right at them. The Missouri defense kills you with speed, even in the front seven. So, so it's a different challenge. It's, it's a similar challenge because they're that good, but it's a different challenge because it's a very different skill set that this team has. The guys on the D-line, you know, they're 6'3", 255-ish. They're not big monsters, but they will blow right by you before you can even get your hands on them. And a guy like Charles Harris, who's got 17 tackles for loss. 17. And, and seven sacks. And a guy like Brady Walter, who plays alongside him, ten and a half tackles for loss. They get up the field and they create problems with their speed for you. So a very different challenge for BYU this week. Well, this week, in terms of offense for BYU, it should be helped getting some of these offensive linemen back. T. John Caroma is going to be back. Riker Matthews is going to be back. A couple of others are questionable. But we saw this offensive line struggle last week at San Jose State. How much of a boost do you expect BYU's offense to have getting these guys back on the offensive line and, and securing that a little bit better? Just having Tijan Karoma back is a big, big deal because he's your play caller and your confidence on the offensive line. You know, He's the one that is going to come up and look at the defense and make a lucky call or a Ringo call or whatever they use so that the linemen know where to go with confidence. So that's huge. And he's going to be back, and he wasn't hurt. So he's coming back 100%. So there's not any question, oh, is his ankle going to be okay? How is he going to hold up with Riker? We just don't know how healthy he's going to be. But at least we know that Tijan Karoma is back and healthy. That's a huge improvement right there. And any additional thing of that is is a bonus. Um, They really struggled with four starters, basically, not on the field on that offensive line last week. So, hey, two two would be great. Um, and, and it's at least two at this yeah, point. Yeah, at least two. Wilcox, I think, has been playing really, really well. And so, you know, that gives you kind of anchors on both sides and, and, and somebody in the middle. I think, I think you're going to be okay. The guards are in question. Yeah, I think you're going to be okay. And half of the battle up front is going confidently after the, where you're supposed to go. And if you've got a center in there that gives you that confidence and makes that call, then you're going to be a little bit better. Yeah, it really does start there against Michigan, in which you compared Missouri's defense to Michigan. BYU couldn't even – get the ball off, let alone you know, give the receivers a chance to catch the ball. BYU didn't run the ball effectively against San Jose State. So where, where do you see BYU's advantages in this game against Missouri? What matchups does BYU have advantages? I, I think that BYU has been playing well. We, we forget that they played really well defensively against San Jose State. Nine points allowed by the yeah. defense. And so that, because the offense wasn't up to its normal expectation, and I do believe a lot of that had to do with who was missing in the offensive line, I think we just make this blanket statement that the team didn't play well, but I thought the defense played well. I think they progressed again. They were better than they've been. And so I think BYU defensively has the ability to really just shut this team down. And BYU's offense, defensively, does Missouri have the guys to be able to come up and press BYU? Yeah, they got the speed to do it, but they're not quite as big and physical in the secondary. It's a very different team. So Michigan comes up and they have big guys at corner and big guys at safety that come up and get your hands on your big receivers and don't let go. And so they caused them problems physically, where Missouri causes teams problems with their speed. I think BYU's more equipped to handle that with route running and getting off the ball than guys that just get into you and grab onto you. That seems and more like get off the ball. UCLA, right, or Nebraska, more right? simple. Right. Well, so, Nebraska had some power. From an effectiveness perspective, they're as good as Michigan. From a style perspective, they would be closer to a UCLA or somebody like that 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 tries to match you up with speed defensively, and not just overwhelm you with physical. And that's what Michigan does. And they're, and they're really good at it, by the way. And it's been proven over the whole year. I thought, are they that good when they played BYU? They're that good. Yeah. They're that good. Jeremy and I were discussing 
what really besides just a win, what a win would mean for BYU? And you, and you look at it, I mean, you're talking about a win over an SEC team. Regardless of what the record of that team is, you're beating an SEC team in the month of November when people are paying a little bit more attention. It's it's on the road, even though it's neutral site. It probably gets you in the top 25. Are, are we making more out of what a win would mean to the Cougars? It's it's huge because I agree with you. I think it's their, it's their opportunity because of who's playing who in front of them to get back into the top 25. Now, every single time a score goes across the scroll on the bottom on ESPN, you're one of the ones that's mentioned. You're right back in the national conversation again, even if it's only ranked 25th. you got to be ranked for people to see that every time they watch a game. So it's huge. It's really, really big for them. And I think they're going to have a lot of extra eyes because people out of curiosity are going to be tuned in to say, man, I wonder how this Missouri team's going to react after all they've been through this last week. So there's going to be a lot of curiosity that way, and now those eyes are on BYU. So it's BYU's opportunity to shine, and it's their opportunity to get back into the top 25. No, you can't underestimate. You're not overselling it. I think it's big. It's a big, big game. And Missouri is a name team, so they're not – great this year because they've struggled offensively. They're great defensively, but they're, they've struggled offensively. But this is the back-to-back defending SEC East champs. They didn't all of a sudden just have no athletes. Just all of a sudden they showed up this year, no athletes. No, they've <laughs> got the athletes, they've got athletes the all league. over the place, but for some reason on the offensive side, they're just not all on the same page. And so I think people, even though they don't have a great record, would still very much respect a win against that caliber of athlete. If you just want to go position-by-position position athletes, you could make the argument that this is the most talented team BYU will play, even though the record's not that good. Interesting. And to me, it's the last big game left on the schedule. Thanks, Blaine. We appreciate back, the time. Guys, uh, we'll see it tonight, 8 Eastern time. All right. For the review. Okay, Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question, what does BYU need to do to seize the moment versus Missouri? Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood. But first, big deal, no deal on Jimmer Fredette, Dennis Pitta, Jerry Palm's first bracketology and more. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student athletes. Welcome to the club. Don't miss Inside BYU Football tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV. It's your all-access look at all things BYU football. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, updated injury info from practice. Uh, with football team offensive lineman Tijon Chroma and Riker Matthews will play Saturday against Missouri. Kyle Johnson and Louis Lapuahu, both the guards, are questionable. Taryn Houck suffered a concussion and has to pass protocol this week. The women's soccer team is in the NCAA tournament. They host Utah Valley Saturday at 3 Eastern time. Broadcast details are still to be determined. Missouri football has resumed team activities. They didn't practice Sunday, uh, and then they have Monday off normally, so one less practice this week for those guys. They will practice today. Cougars and Tigers play Saturday in Kansas City on the SEC Network with Brent Musburger and Jesse Palmer on the call. The Bachelor. And women's volleyball All-American. Michael Lisa, did you hear about that? I did. That was a fantastic story. <laughs> Honestly, if The Bachelor called you. Now, you're married happily, but if you. If don't this, have, we don't have time for this. All right. We don't all right, have time. All right. Women's volleyball All-American Alexa Gray <laughs> is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. The Cougars head to the Great Northwest this weekend. You got to do it if if they call. You've got to do it. There's no time for this. Our Twitter question: <laughs> There really isn't. What does BYU need to do to seize the moment versus Missouri at Twigger Stone? The run game needs to work. The game against San Jose State showed that a lack of a run game really slows down the offense. That's a great point. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen what BYU has been able to accomplish when they've got all aspects of the offense going. And you know what Tanner can do, and he's got he's throwing the ball around to just about everybody on the field. When you can add that run, rushing attack and keep the defense honest, it just changes everything. It's hard to be able to pass well if you can't run well. That's just the bottom line. Uh, each week we like to play a, a game where we debate. Is it, uh, is, it, is it or is it not? It's called Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries, clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big deal, no deal. CBS's Jerry Palm, that's your guy, Jerem, has BYU as the 38th ranked team in his tourney projections. Let's provide some context here. Now get that whistle out of here. It's November 10th. Should November, I put on the hat? Should no, I put on the hat? It's November 10th. I'm putting on the hat. Everyone just calm down. Jerry hat. Palm, the last two years, had BYU out, I believe. It's on. What the heck's going on? The tourney train. I, I thought Spencer had the day off. <laughs> so Jerry Palm, preseason, all of a sudden has BYU in. He has BYU in. Uh, Sports Illustrated did not have BYU in, so this is interesting. Is it a big deal? No deal! It's November 10th. It's so early. Is it fun? Yeah. Is it a big deal? No. You're crazy. It's a big deal, and here's why. What? Because of the person that said it. Okay. Jerry Palm, a.k.a. Johnny Palm, is... <laughs> well played. For those that got that, that's really funny. Yeah. Um, he's usually not on BYU's bandwagon. you can't call that out on your own show. <laughs> he's usually not backing the Cougars. The people that just tune in and see you with his hat and have no idea what's going on, they're like, They're like, what? wow, his fashion sense is awful. What? So the fact that Jerry Palm, who, who is typically very hard on BYU, is giving them this kind of prop this early, absolutely it's a big deal. And now the hat has to come we off. We just need suspenders for you or something. And <laughs> you work yeah, from work. Yeah, exactly. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU hoops shooting 38% against Alaska in its final exhibition game. No deal. Exhibition, uh, you know, you still had injuries from Corbin Kafusi and Kyle Davis. We haven't seen the team that BYU is actually going to field Friday. I would imagine that Kafusi and Davis, and I don't know about eights, we'll see Chapman with those sprained ankles. I'm not concerned because it's an exhibition. I've seen these guys practice. I've, I've seen what they can do in the Cougar tip-off. We saw them in Boom Shakalak. We saw them in that first exhibition. Not concerned. No deal. No deal for me as well. I mean, it, not just that it's exhibition, but the point you made about it, the fact that you, we still haven't seen this team as we're going to see it when they get the season underway on Friday. It, and until they start struggling with all of their pieces out on the floor, it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah, if BYU struggles against Utah Valley, I would start to have a little bit of concern. Number three. Big deal, no deal. Jimmer Fredette re-signing with the New Orleans Pelicans. I, there it is. I want to say big deal. <laughs> Was that a Pelican? Yes. <laughs> We think. <laughs> I want to say was big it dying? deal. Uh, was it a, a rooster? You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I want to say big deal on this, but given what's happened recently with Jimmer, was it a big deal that he signed with the Spurs? In in hindsight, no, right? Um, I'm going to go no deal unless he can prove that he is going to sustain said roster spot. I will hold, withhold my big dealness. Yes, it's a big deal. First of all, anything James Taft Fredette does is a big deal. Anything? anything. What is this, 2011? Here's the, of course it's a big deal. Here's what. Jimmer knows best. How many of us, <laughs> myself included, when he was released by the Spurs, says, go to Europe. And he decides, you know what? I'm I, I didn't. Okay, I said it. And a lot of people said, just go to Europe, make your money. 
you're going to be great over in Europe. He said Eventually, no. Eventually, yes. He said no. That'll I'm going to the D League because it's my best chance to get back to the NBA. And what? Less than a month from making that decision, he is back in the NBA. That is a big deal. Good for you, Jimmer. But is he back in the NBA? He's on a roster. He's but, in it. But is he back in the NBA? Is he playing? Is he relevant? Is he growing? Is he? That's my concern with this. He's back in the NBA. <laughs> Technically. Number four. <laughs> Big deal, no deal. Dennis Pitta meeting with doctors today to evaluate his NFL future. No deal. I want Dennis Pitta, Pitta to get healthy. Um, one, so he doesn't take my spot on the show. But two, I want to see him in the NFL and healthy because he's one of the best players BYU's ever produced. He was the NCAA career leader as a tight end with, in reception yards. NCAA career leader. All the tight ends that have ever played. No one's had more receiving yards than Dennis F. Pitta. So I hope that he gets healthy, and until I see him back on the field and healthy, no deal. Uh, no deal for me. The, him meeting with the doctors is, is not a big deal. We can probably, probably meeting with doctors every week. <laughs> well, but, but my point is, we can revisit this after we find out what the doctors say, because that's that's where the big deal is. Whether or not he can continue his career, whether or not he's done, the fact that he's meeting with doctors is not a big deal to me. Yeah. Number five. Big deal, no deal. The women's soccer NCAA bracket. Now, BYU uh, drew Utah Valley and then in the, uh, at home, Saturday, 3 Eastern time, broadcast details, TBD. But BYU then matches up if they win that, and they should, against Stanford, a number one <laughs> overall seed, a team that BYU's already played this year, lost one nothing. Now, the context of that, and this is a big deal. Okay, I didn't say that. It's a big deal. BYU got jobbed in this, okay? Santa Clara is a four seed and has uh, San Jose State, and then I can't remember the other matchup, but they have a much easier path to the Sweet 16. Santa Clara finished fourth in the West Coast Conference. BYU won the West Coast Conference. Santa Clara and BYU played a scoreless draw at Santa Clara. BYU had a higher RPI than Santa Clara. Why did Santa Clara benefit so much? The NCAA missed it. And, unfor- and we'll talk to Jennifer Rockwood coming up and her opinion on the matchup. Pro- she'll probably play it politically uh, correct and say they'll just you know, do what they need to do. But this is a big deal to me. Of course it's a big deal. I mean, not only, not only do you take into account how good teams are, but you, you also need to have a little bit of luck. You need to be put in, in, in a good bracket. I mean, things need to be aligned for you, even for good teams. And so, I mean, it looks like the, the, the NCAA kind of stacked the deck a little bit against BYU, a little bit unfairly in my opinion. This is like if the men's basketball team won the West Coast Conference, uh, had a higher RPI than Gonzaga, yet was an eight seed and had to play Kentucky, potentially in the second round, whereas Gonzaga got a better seed and uh, were able to play at home or something or near home. It just, it, BYU's had a fantastic women's soccer season, lost two games, tied two, won 12, I think, or 13. They had a great seed, gave one goal at home, and this is what they get. This is what they get. They're going to have to beat Stanford in the second round to try and get to the Sweet 16. Now, maybe they do. Maybe they pull a women's volleyball and they just go on this tear and it's awesome. But unfortunately, like you said, the deck has been stacked against BYU. Not awesome! We're going to talk to Jennifer Rockwood coming up. And by the way, uh, we reported uh, yesterday about Jim Fredette signing. That was a report from Yahoo Sports. It is now official. Say it with reverence when you say his name. Jameer Frederet <laughs> has signed with the New Orleans Pelicans. It is now official. So, Jimmer! Good, good for Jimmer to get back in the league. Hopefully he can sustain it. You know, I'm that, still not sure that's a pelican. That does not. I, I don't know what a pelican sounds like, but that, that, I'm not sure that's it. I trust Aaron Evans, our audio guy. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome 
to the club. Keep the tweets coming out as BYU sees the moment against Missouri at DD Holds Books. Play all four quarters defense. Keep up the good work. Coming up, soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood on BYU's draw in the NCAA tournament. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. Remember, if you missed the episode live at noon Eastern, you can watch it at 6 Eastern on the rebroadcast on BYU TV every weekday. And hey, check this out. Here's your chance to spend a Hoops game day with the BYU Sports Nation crew. You can come in studio. You can watch the show live. You can have lunch with that guy over there as well as Spencer Linton. You can hang out with the guys as they prepare for a BYU Hoops game. All you need to do is create a sign that includes a BYU Sports Nation mention. Take a picture of you and your sign at the BYU Hoops game, and you can post it on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN for your chance to win. You can do this at home as well. So, you know, not just the people in the stadium. That's just part of the audience. Right? Yeah, some, some of the yeah, ones it, coming in have been pretty creative, right? Yeah, I've seen blue, giant blue goggles uh, at the Alaska game. That was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, keep them coming using the hashtag uh, BYUSN. I don't know who decides where we go to lunch. I'm going to assume that there's a budget on that. I don't know. You're I, paying. It's coming I out want, of your paycheck. I want to go to Lakai, personally. <laughs> That's just what I want. So we'll see what happens. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on the Twitter question. What does BYU need to do to seize the moment versus Missouri? At BYU GIF. Sorry, Jason Shepard, Jerem Jordan. Uh, sorry, Jason Shepard. Jerem Jordan is right regarding Jimmer and the Pelicans. Hashtag no deal. I don't even know you people anymore. That Anything <laughs> related to Jimmer is not a big deal. Of course it's a big deal. Yeah. And now it's official. He's yeah. back with the Pels. With the Pels. I'm trying to hip wow. it up. The Pell Grants. <laughs> now joining us on BYU Sports Nation, the head coach of the women's soccer team, Jennifer Rockwood, uh, fresh off of the NCAA Tournament uh, invite, the uh, West Coast Conference Championship. Congratulations on both of those, by the way. Thanks. Thanks. It's been a great year for us. We're really excited about uh, kind of the next step. So you, you're focused on Utah Valley on Saturday, but did, did you take a moment to celebrate winning the league for the fourth year in a row? Because that's a big deal. It's a tough conference. Yeah, it's a huge deal. You know, I, I told the girls it doesn't happen very often in any sport, in any conference, and for them to, to do what they did for the fourth time is pretty remarkable. We're really proud of that. It was interesting because we, didn't, we weren't together when we found out. It, you know, it happened at night after our game. I'm at home, and texts start coming in, and so we're texting the girls, and, and that's how we found out we were champions. So, um, you know, it was, it was a different, but certainly we celebrated yesterday. You know, we had all of our administrators there, the conference uh, president there, and so it was pretty nice. We celebrated, and then now we're ready to move on again to the next phase. Well, speaking of moving on, when you find out it's Utah Valley, what were your initial reactions? Well, we, we probably figured it was. Our, our sport, uh, our tournament is a regionally-based tournament, so anytime that there's a team locally that uh, gets to the NCAAs, they usually pair us up together. So we knew that uh, UVU has had one of their best seasons uh, ever. They won the conference tournament this weekend, so we, we were we're kind of anticipating that, that would happen. Um, we're really excited that we get to play at home at Southfield. Uh, I think we'll get a great turnout, a lot of fan base, a lot of Utah kids will be on the field on both teams, and so we hope people come out and support us. The Parkway Series, the Parkway Collision, I've heard a bunch of different names for it, but BYU is playing Utah Valley twice in hoops Friday and then Saturday uh, in women's soccer, three Eastern time broadcast uh, details to be determined, by the way. When you see initially, and, and before your draw comes up, you see Santa Clara gets a four seed. Um, 
tough to swallow in, in that situation where you match up with Stanford potentially in the second round? How would you react? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was a little tough. I mean, we, we did uh, – I thought all we needed to do to, to win a seat. Um, we played one of our uh, most challenging nationally competitive non-conference schedules, went 15-2-2. Two two. I thought we had a great season. Um, but, again, those things are out of our control, and we don't have any say in, in those situations. And, again, possibly led because of regional um, matchups. That could be one. But I, I believe that, that we did a lot uh, this season. We accomplished a lot. And, and uh, now we just have to go with what's been given to us and, and make waves that way. Do you have to then root for regional teams then in the future? Like, like if Santa Clara, you, you tie Santa Clara, you have higher, higher RPI, you win the league, they finish fourth. It's like, what, what else can you do? Hope that Idaho State wins their <laughs> league? Like, it seems a bit unfair, right? Yeah, again, and every year is a little bit different. Certainly, we're always going to cheer for our conference uh, opponents. Um, it's great that this year LMU got into the tournaments. Santa Clara is seated. Uh, we have to cheer and make sure that our conference uh, represents and competes well in the tournament because we all benefit from that. Um, we just need to make sure that we focus on this first game. You know, we've been bumped out of the NCAA tournament the last two seasons, even though we've been a top 25 team. And so we are just focusing on Saturday's game. And as we talked to the girls, it didn't matter who we play, where we play, or what the conditions are. We got to be our best. You mentioned, you know, every year is different, and every year has its own set of, of issues that you deal with, and the team is obviously different every year mm-hmm. to a certain extent. How do you feel? What's the feel of this group heading into the postseason as opposed to last year or in years past? This is a really unique group. We came in the season with a lot of experience, uh, and then we had some setbacks. We obviously lost Ashley Hatch. You know, didn't have her for all of conference play, um, and we moved some players around. The girls were extremely resilient. We've asked people to play different positions, to have different roles than they've had in the past, and they've just all come together. It's a, it's a true team, a unity. Everybody's united for what's best for the team, even though some of the roles aren't what the girls wanted. They've stepped up. They've supported. We've had uh, three sophomore forwards step up and uh, win us a con- help win us a conference championship. Uh, Nadia leading the conference in seven goals. I think if anyone would have told us that at the beginning of the year, we would have been a bit surprised, but she certainly has earned it. Um, but our attack is, is a little bit more dynamic uh, than it has been in the past. We have tremendous amount of speed. We have one of the best midfields I think our program has ever had with Busy, Elena, and Murphy. So really excited about what is yet to come. Head coach of the women's soccer team, Jennifer Rockwood, is on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars are in the NCAA tournament for, what, the 17th time in 21 years, something like that? Yeah, not too bad. Right? Not too bad, yeah. 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 <laughs> we we, we want to get a little bit further. It's one thing to get there, and that's mm-hmm. quite an accomplishment. Um, but we hope uh, that we can get past the first round and uh, move on to something a little bit more, more exciting as well. What's the status of Ashley Hatch? Yeah, we're really excited. Ashley was able to train with us all week. Um, so her first week since uh, her, her Long Beach State game where she limped through, still got us the winning goal against a tournament team and a conference champion. Uh, but she got to train all last week. And uh, this week she got about 35, 40 minutes in uh, our game against St. Mary's. And so she's ready to go on Saturday and she'll be out there on the field playing. How, Good mu- news. how much of a lift is that to the team? Just to, to have one of its leaders, you know, who, you know, obviously missed some time mm-hmm. to be able to have her back out there. I think it's huge. I mean, like I said, we've made adjustments and we're playing some great soccer right now. And then you add to that one of the best goal scorers in the country. Um, you know, we're in good shape right now. And uh, the more opportunity Ashley has to train and be with her teammates, you know, the more she's going to be able to fit in and, and do what she does so well. 
Have you seen the weather for Saturday? I, I just thought back to the Utah State game a couple years ago in the snow, the blizzard. Yeah, Have it's, you seen it's the snowing and raining out there right now, yeah. but the, the forecast is sunshine and 52. It should be a perfect day That's right. for fans to come out and watch a great NCAA tournament game. Was it three or four years ago? Uh, hey, there was a tweet. Everyone bring a snow shovel mm-hmm. and let's shovel this off together. <laughs> Luckily, Saturday... Uh, we will not have that. But what have you learned about Utah Valley as you prepare for the Wolverines on Saturday? You know, we don't have uh, as much information as we'd like to. We certainly have a few days to get caught up on that. It is 10.50 in the morning of the next day. That's <laughs> yes. an unfair question. Yes, but what we do know <laughs> is that they've got a lot of great players. We're familiar with their roster. A lot of them are local kids, kids that have come to camps before. And they've got great players. And certainly to, to win a conference championship and to have the season that they've had, you know, they're playing great soccer right now. They've got to be coming in with a lot of confidence and uh, again our goal is to just continue to do what we've doing and just pick it up fine-tune a little bit and uh, be our very best but it'll be a, it'll be a tough game and as I mentioned our our goal is to play our best so that we can get a result in the first round how do you maximize the next couple of days because it's still a couple of days before for the match what, what's what do the next couple of days look like for your team and, and how do you maximize this time yeah, we do the same thing we've been doing all year. We, we take a look at our, our past weekend's games, uh, what we did well to encourage that, uh, and then a little things we can fine-tune. We haven't really made many tweaks or changes to what our, we do as a team since conference started, but we have gotten better at some things. And so we'll continue to do that. We're not going to do anything different. We'll continue with the same schedule, same training as we've done. But we've also proven to get better each week with two or three days of good training. And so you know that is our plan headed into Saturday. Undefeated at home this year, 10-0. You gave up just one goal. Uh, fantastic at home. So that's Saturday, 3 Eastern time. If you're local, come, uh, come to the game. If not, uh, check it out on uh, you know, broadcast uh, details to be determined there. We'll see. But we got a new flag. Do you mind signing our new flag? I think you signed yeah. the old one. I'd be happy to sign awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Jennifer Rockwood, congratulations on everything. Right. Good luck Saturday. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate thanks, guys. it. Jennifer Rockwood on BYU Sports Nation. Cougars hoping to get it done Saturday against Utah Valley. And then a rematch with Stanford around the corner. Coach won't talk about it. I'll talk about it. A rematch with the Cardinal. Coming up, a football injury update. Dennis Pitta and multiple Player of the Week honors. All in the Cougar whip around on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Injury information from the Cougars. Offensive lineman Tijon Karoma and Riker Matthews will play on Saturday against Missouri. Kyle Johnson and Louis Lapawajo are both questionable. Also, Taron Houck, he suffered a concussion in the win over San Jose State. He has to pass the uh, concussion protocol this week in order to see action. Also, Missouri resumed team activities. Now, they didn't practice on Sunday. They had Monday off. They'll practice today. BYU and Missouri play Saturday at Arrowhead Stadium in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri, on the SEC Network with Brent Musburger and Jesse Palmer, The Bachelor, on the call. Soccer. The Bachelor. Not going to get anything from you. Nope. The women's soccer team's in the NCAA tournament. They host Utah Valley Saturday at 3 Eastern time. If you just missed it, we chatted with head coach Jennifer Rockwood about that. Broadcast details are to be determined. Volleyball. All-American Alexa Gray is the WCC Player of the Week. Congratulations to Alexa. The Cougars head to the Great Northwest this weekend for two matches on the road. Cougars in the NFL. ESPN ESPN NFL insider Ed Warder reports former BYU All-American Dennis Pitta will be meeting with doctors this week after having two serious hip injuries to discuss his future in the NFL. Good luck. Men's Men's basketball. basketball. 
CBS Sports, Jerry Palm released his initial bracketology today. He has BYU in the tournament as an at-large and number 38. Future guests this week, Mike Littlewood, Dave Rose, as we look at signing day for those guys this week, as well as John Beck. Finds his guy! Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. DexterLaw.com. How about we give it to the West Coast Conference Players of the Week in Soccer, Maddie Lyons, and Volleyball, Alexa Gray. Nicely done by those guys to win a couple of games each uh, last week. Congratulations to uh, to both of them. It was uh, it was interesting. Uh, Coach Rockwood was talking about Maddie Lyons, just talking about her speed and just how impressive not only she is as an overall player, but how fast she is. Yeah, longtime uh, radio analyst Mark Lyons' granddaughter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Today's rise and shout, which we already did, is done. What the Twitter question? What does <laughs> BYU need to do to seize the moment versus Missouri? Let's go back to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Jayzo Joe Bryan, something like that. Make sure the offense shows up early and often. If UConn's defense can limit the Tigers to nine points, BYU can do the same. Now that now that's the hope. To me, that's one of the lower level games that uh, Missouri's played this year. Not the average, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's, gotta be careful with that. Yeah, you, you do have to be careful comparing that type of those. They th- always play that way. <laughs> Does BYU always play like San Jose State? No. Of course not. But yeah. don't, don't you, you see a pattern with the tweets that are coming in? Everybody's talking about offense. I think everybody mm. assumes that the defense is going to be able to shut down this offense. And I agree with that. But the defense can't let this be the game yes. where the Missouri offense finds its rhythm. I don't think that anyone's talking about how BYU, uh, Michigan's offensive prowess, right? Yet they were able to they put were, up some points. Yeah. So, so you just need to be careful. Blaine Fowler talked about Missouri is not a power and speed team like Michigan. They are a speed team more akin to UCLA. Interesting. At YFangirl underscore JB. Play focus, assignment sound, and with good sportsmanship, the Missouri team will be fired up with many watching. I'm telling you, this game is the, the, the vehicle in which BYU came, plays this game. Everything around it is unique. It's going to be a challenge for BYU to go in there, play really well, and win this game. And that's why they can't worry about the other stuff. They have to focus Almost. on the football aspect 100%. Yeah. Can't control any of the other stuff. Despite they're going to be asked questions. They can't worry about that. Play football. Let other people worry about the other stuff. Don't overlook that offense. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm with you. If BYU, Blaine said 17 points. I said in the 20s. Hopefully BYU can uh, put up some points. The elite tweet of the day goes to at Mama... MJG. Does anyone know if Tanner has good hands? Would be awesome if we won on the same play Young did. The Eddie Stinnett, Steve Young halfback pass. I, I called for that. To come to that. I called for that last week a halfback pass. That's awesome. That's awesome. I would love to see it. Thanks to Blake Fowler, Jennifer Rockwood, and everyone on our crew. The conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter using hashtag UIUSM. The show's on demand. Podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. You want to throw that football? Oh, throw the football. Here yeah. we go. So Joanna, excited. Joanna will catch it. All right. Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Mosesi Fochetti. UAE Sports Nation back at it tomorrow. Noon Eastern. Nice catch. Very nice catch. Better.